Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. Hey, today we are going to talk about a career in news and then a career as a news entrepreneur. So I had the pleasure of meeting Erica Mandy, I don't know, about a month ago, a couple months ago by the time this airs at the New Media Summit, and she hosts what I think is the coolest podcast. She basically says so many people don't want to listen to the political sightings of Fox News or MSNBC or CNBC but they also don't want to be uninformed. They don't want to go to a dinner party and not know what's going on. So she started a podcast where she gives you all the news you need to know every single day, all in less than about 10 minutes. And I'll tell you what, my wife has started listening to this podcast. Several of my friends have started listening to this podcast and they all come back and say, oh my God, this is awesome. I hope that she makes it because I never want this to end. So I said, you have to be on the show because you're doing really, really cool things. So she started her career literally working in television news. And from everybody I've ever talked to who works in that field, that can be a grind. And she decided she wanted to do her own thing. And that's what she's doing now. So Erica, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And I loved that intro. I appreciate it. Oh, no, you're doing you're doing cool things. That's that is without a, a, a question. But, you know, I don't do a real good job of sort of giving the nuts and bolts of what people do. I don't like to read bios and things like that when I introduce people. So why don't you tell everybody who is Erica Mandy? What do you do and, and how did you get here? Sure. So I uh, studied broadcast journalism in college and uh took that traditional path. I moved to a small town in Missouri to get my first job, get my foot in the door, making $10 an hour as a part-time reporter um, and worked my way up over about seven or eight years to finally get to Los Angeles. So I went to Columbia, Missouri, then Portland, Oregon, then um, Los Angeles, which is you know, where I wanted to go. It was the second largest news market in the country. It's kind of the quote unquote dream job. I got staffed there. I was there for three years. And then 10 years in the, in the TV biz, and I decided to quit it all and start my own show called The Newsworthy. And I definitely had people telling me, you're crazy, and uh, do you know how many people would kill to have this job, and you're just going to give it all up? And uh, my answer is, yeah, I, I am. And I got really excited about what I was going to do for all the reasons that you talked about in the intro, that I, as a reporter, kept hearing people, my friends, that they weren't listening or watching the news anymore. They felt it was too depressing. It was too time consuming and biased. You know, people uh, hate all the political debates on Facebook. And so they end up just tuning it out. And then you kind of feel uninformed or you feel like you have to get lost in clickbait online. So I just felt like this was my opportunity to create something new and different that that wasn't there before. You know, there's email newsletters and then there's like NPR type podcasts. But there was really nothing in between that was something fun, unbiased, and then also something quick and convenient. And I just felt like with my traditional background and credibility, plus my, you know, (laughs) wanting to innovate and kind of getting ahead of the trends, that I was kind of perfectly positioned to create this. And once I came up with the idea, there was no stopping me. And I said, if I'm ever going to take a risk, now's the time. Let's do this. So uh, I launched it 
last summer. So it's really only been eight months at this point. But it's gone really well. Um, you know, I'm getting great feedback, which I wanted to test it for a year and just make sure that people loved it and they do and it's growing. So I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes next. Well, I love the story of how you, you know, you started off in the small town working for the $10 an hour because that's the way TV <laughs> news is, right? And exactly. so many people start in these third and fourth tier markets, never make it to Los Angeles. So, I mean, you really did in seven years. That's sort of a fast track and you sort of... I mean, you sort of created created the path that everybody dreams about. And then when you got there, you said, this isn't for me. And that's what I think the listeners of this show, I mean, that's who listens to cool things entrepreneurs do. They've, they've chased the dream that other people have told them, this is what you should be doing. You should never let go of it. And yet when they get there, they're like, nah, I don't know if this is what I want to do. So, you know, that, that sort of happened for you. And I, I think that's awesome. The other thing that's a, a clear sign you're going to do great is when people, especially in news, tell you, well, you can't do it that way. You're making a mistake. It won't work. There's a uh, company based out of Austin, Texas called uh, Impact. And they do free newspapers that come to your address as long as you live in a certain neighborhood. And they do them by areas of the city. So there's like five of them in Austin. They're broken up that they have some news that's citywide, but a lot of it is neighborhood specific. And the guy who started it 12, 15 years ago, he was the sales manager for the Austin Business Journal. And when he left, and it's a free paper, it just comes to you. It's fully funded by advertising. Everybody said, oh, ads are going down. You'll never be able to do this. A free paper. Nobody wants a newspaper. Well, he's expanded to a ton of cities. And I know he's all over Texas. He might be even across the country now headed. And it's one of the fastest growing companies in the whole world of news. And everybody told him he couldn't do it. So when you said everybody laughed at you that you were going to start this podcast, I thought, you know what? Erica in like five years is going to be huge. She's going to be bigger than Barbara Walters. And (laughs) everybody told her no. Yes, I love that. And by the way, I love that someone is thinking that local because I do think that's important. You know, I talk about national news, but we as journalists and the news industry really have to get creative to make sure that people are still informed in the way that they want because things have changed. And, you know, even since I started 10 years ago in TV news, things have changed a lot with technology and how people are consuming news. And so I love to hear that other entrepreneurs are getting creative and we're trying things out because we've got to change if we want people to continue to be informed in a way that's going to work for them. So what do you think led you to being an an entrepreneur? I mean, news is not really what I would say the place that people with that entrepreneurial spirit go. I mean, it's sort of an old, an old business that has a certain way you do things. So were you always entrepreneurial or is that something that came along the way? You know, I never thought about it before um, until I was already in LA thinking, you know, I'm not sure that I want to continue down this traditional path. I don't think people are uh, watching in the same way. And news, you know, is always so late to the game, it feels like. You know, we report on the trends, but yet I feel like as an industry, we often are kind of late to the game. I mean, look at social media. I think it took a long time for news organizations to jump on that bandwagon. And so there was definitely an element that came across to me that said, you know, I'm either going to go to network news and wait for somebody to tell me that I can finally do something in the way that news consumers actually want it, or I can start my own. And so it wasn't until I was already thinking about what else could I be doing. And I actually did explore some other job opportunities that I was like, nah, I'm still not that excited about that. And it wasn't until I came up with this idea 
to create what I've created that I was like, oh my gosh, I might, I might want to become an entrepreneur. And then I started listening to business podcasts and reading business books. And all of a sudden, you know, I, the passion just exploded. And I, I definitely, it became a nuisance to actually go to work once I started doing the research and once I started getting more and more into it. Um, but I think there are elements without me even realizing it about being a journalist that helps as an entrepreneur. And that includes flexibility. You know, I would, I wouldn't know what story I was going to go out on that day when I went into the newsroom and they would tell me and I would go and then I'd be halfway through that story and they'd say, Oh, breaking news, go over here. And I just have to be ready to ready for anything. I have to think on my feet when, uh, you know, I'm live during breaking news. I have to be able to talk to a lot of people. I have to be able to interview a lot of people. And so all of those things have helped me. And, you know, I meet a deadline now doing a daily news show. I have to meet a deadline every night. Well, I'm really used to meeting deadlines because I did that with TV. So, and I'm really used to calling people and reaching out via email. You know, my husband actually laughs sometimes because he says, you think it's, it's not that big of a deal when you just reach out to someone cold and ask them for, you know, to be on your show or do something else. And I don't think twice about it because I would do that every day as a journalist. And he said a lot of people struggle with that. Oh, yeah. No, in fact, uh, I, I wrote an article a while back on LinkedIn called, you know, How a Sales Slump Changed My Life. And it was because, you know, it's easy to fall into when word of mouth is working and you're having record sales, it's easy to stop reaching out. And even as a seasoned salesperson, right? I mean, long before I was an entrepreneur, I was a commissioned salesperson. So I used to pick up the phone all the time. But even people who are good at it, sometimes you get caught up in the rest of life and running your business and everything else. And if you're not picking up the phone as an entrepreneur and talking to people and, and, and sort of interviewing them to be clients or to find out what trends are going on, you're never going to be successful. So, you know, you're still a little newer to it. I tell you, hang on to that because uh, if you stop picking up on the phone, eventually your business will slump. Yeah. And meeting in person, taking the time to get coffee or lunch or uh, going to a conference like where we met. Those have been, when I can meet someone in person, that is always really big for me. So I want to make sure that I keep making time for those events and those lunches or in-person meetings. Um, and you know, that's been, that's been the biggest thing for me as an entrepreneur is I, what I used to go and see people in person all the time because I was running around the city doing stories. And now I do have to make more of an effort to get out because it's really easy to just be stuck behind your computer screen and feel like you have a million things to do and I can't leave the house. Right. So I think there are elements too where it's like, okay, I need to actually pull from my past and make sure that I am doing that now and not getting lost in the vortex of uh, whatever's online. <laughs> so how long ago was it that you quit the newsroom? So I quit in June of 2017 and launched my show in August, end of August of um, 2017 as so, well. So we're right around that one year mark. And, and you're starting to see real success. I mean, you know, the number of people who are doing it. I mean, like I said, I've, I've told a bunch of people about it since we met a month ago. And I got an email from, I, ca I call the guy one of my fake sons. I actually only have daughters, but uh, the, these two gentlemen I mentor, they're both about 28 years old and uh, they're not going away. So I said, well, it's like having extra kids apparently. But uh, <laughs> one of them, I, I told him about it. He just emailed me the, the picture from the podcast, your, your tile from the podcast. And I'm like, what about it? And he said, this is my number one source of news. And, wow. I'm, te and I'm telling everyone I know. So, and my wife, my wife doesn't like, you know, 
the politics that are involved around news and how it's all about Trump all 24, you know, 24 seven. She doesn't like it. So she's been listening to your show and she thinks it's, it's fabulous. So I think the answer here is, is you're on to something. Just my little survey of like my friends and family. (laughs) So now that you've been doing it for a year, what do you love about it? That's exactly it. When I hear things like that, it is so rewarding because, you know, we're all doing the grind. We're working our butts off. And when we can hear that it's really making a difference for someone when they really enjoy it and we built that from the ground up for them, there's literally nothing more rewarding. I've, I've felt really good about stories that I've done for CBS or for other news stations, but there is nothing like the feeling when you build it You've worked harder than you've ever worked to make it happen. And someone tells you, this is going to be big. This, I love this. You know, all of those things. So thank you for that. That is one of the, the greatest feelings for me. I think that the other thing I love about entrepreneurship is that you never know what opportunities will be coming my way. So as a reporter, I kind of, even though I didn't know what stories I would be working on, I kind of knew that I would take the same track every day. I would go to a story, maybe some breaking news, et cetera. It would probably be depressing, whatever I'm covering. Uh, But with this, you know, we just, I spoke at four events in the last month. And that's one of them is where I met you. And all of those just came my way and fell in my lap because of this new and different thing that I'm doing. I was asked to uh, speak at a Beverly Hills Chamber of Commerce event. I was asked to speak at the National Association of Broadcasters. Things that are involved with traditional media, but I never was asked to do those things as a traditional yeah, journalist. You, you were just a, a Los Angeles beat reporter, right? So why would they put you? <laughs> I was the... one of many. Right. But yeah. now I'm doing something different and I'm, I'm part of a new innovative trend. More and more people are looking at podcasting. It's funny, actually, the, a digital executive at a traditional media company asked me to come and talk to 30 of his employees that are just starting to think about starting a podcast within their traditional big across the country news organization. And it just made me laugh that I was part of this and never got any of those opportunities. But now I'm the expert for them. Yeah, you're and, the dis- you're the disruptor now. You're the one who's disrupting them. So now they want to know what the, what the heck is she doing? And obviously, I still have a lot to learn. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that new opportunities are coming my way that I would have never expected. And that, to me, is so exciting. So let's talk a little bit about the National Association of Broadcasters or or whatever that was. What was that like to be speaking to them, especially because you're saying, I walked away from what you're doing. I did this. And now you've put me on the stage. What was the reaction from the audience? Well, it was part of a podcasting track that they created, again, because they see that radio's declining, podcasting's increasing, so they wanted to make sure they they got ahead of that. Um, And it's funny, when I was asked to be part of a Twitter chat in advance to talk about podcasting, I said, you know, I'm also, I used to be a TV news reporter, so I'm happy to answer questions about that as well. And it's just funny because I think that there's a disconnect when they think, oh, podcasters over here and TV news reporters over there. And really, there is so much overlap. And we're all, newspapers are now putting video online. TV, uh, New York Times just partnered with a, a Hulu and I think FX or something to create a show for TV. So there's so much overlap now that uh, 
we all have to be flexible and ready to be on every platform. So I'm glad that they are seeing that and they created the podcasting track. So I don't know if anybody even realized it but me, but it was just funny because I never got asked to do that. I was never sent to any conferences as a reporter. And I do think that's another issue with the news industry is there's kind of the business side of it and the journalism side of it. And they never tell the journalists to kind of take ownership. I mean, you can do it on your own. And I think I did in a lot of ways. But I think that there's an opportunity for bosses in the news industry to tell their journalists to take more ownership of what they're doing and send them to these types of conferences. Because maybe if I felt like I wasn't just another journalist and I had more opportunities and challenges as a news reporter, I would have stayed in it. I don't know. So that's true, I think, in, in, in all industries. I mean, there's so many times where people think, well, that's just my junior employee and they're great and they leave and they go to a competitor, or they start their own thing. And all the person wanted was to feel like they were a contributor. So, I mean, I don't think that's just journalism. I think that's yeah. business is we sort of like to put people into buckets. I, I worked for a computer training company. I'm old enough to remember when computers hit business desks. And you're too young to remember this, but there were <laughs> business professionals, lawyers, bankers, everybody who did everything by paper. And one day they came in and there was a desktop. They didn't know how to turn it on. They didn't know how to use Word. They didn't know how to use Excel. So there were training companies that would go and teach executives like C-level and, and high-level, mid-level executives how to operate the basics of a computer. And my job, I was in sales, but I also wanted to get into training. I mean, I, I wasn't a techie, but teaching someone to use Word or Excel or PowerPoint, the, the classes were pretty basic. And uh, my boss actually said, no, your job is to go out and sell it. The trainers train. And I said, but I'll, I'll go through your certification class and I'll do it on my own time because there was a lot of self-study. And he said, no. And I ended up leaving the company because I, I kind of wanted to be a speaker. I kind of wanted to, to do that. And if he had said, oh, you know, we'll let you train, A, it would have been easier to sell if I actually understood what the trainers went through and what the actual classes were about rather than just sitting through one. But B, I had a personal desire that I wanted to be involved with that side of the business. And yet the boss had sort of a wall. And so, you know, I, I didn't stick around all, you know, but a couple of years. So I think that that's what you bring up is something that's very true. And I think that all, you know, bosses, you know, should be looking at what do my people want to do that would make them more engaged with the company? Because really, I mean, let's face it, if they had come to you and said, hey, Erica, we think we should start like a news podcast, you know, about news around Los Angeles uh, and we want you to run it, you would probably still be at the TV station today doing exactly what you're doing for a salary without the entrepreneurial bent. And you know what's funny is since I left, they've started podcasts. Right. And my boss at the time told me when I told him what I was doing, are you sure? Because my 19-year-old son wants to start, start a podcast. <laughs> like just being very condescending about it. And now that station has started podcasts. <laughs> well, I remember I used to have a, a marketing job. So I was close with reporters at the, the local papers here in the, in the city where I live. And when blogging came out, I remember both the uh, the daily paper and the the business paper were like, oh, and they I started blogging and they were like, oh, and I was friends with them and the editors talked to me about it and they were like, yeah, that's not really a newsroom thing. And like six months or a year later, all reporters had to have blogs and everything else. So it's, <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting that, you know, all industries kind of uh, adopt when they're ready, but they, they often miss that, miss that trend. So are there That's ever any point? Are, Sorry, just, oh. it's just such a good point about entrepreneurs that you have to be innovating and willing to try new things that aren't quote unquote popular yet, because if you're in position to 
be there and be ready and be prepared when everybody else jumps on board, you are going to go a lot farther than the person who's trying to play catch up. Well, I started Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do three and a half years ago. and I know. I'm impressed. <laughs> well, I actually was even late to the party then. I actually think if I had started a year before, I actually would have even a higher ranked podcast because I look at some of the people who are my peers who have pretty well ranked. Again, not the super high ones, but, but, but very well ranked. They only had like a 12-month jump on me to gather the momentum of the audience. But I look at people who came a year or two later, and it's harder because what happened, I started my podcast the same day Gary Vaynerchuk started his podcast. And that was sort of a clue that, wow. uh-oh, the celebrities were coming in. And then what the next wave was sort of maybe last year was uh, the brands started coming in, be that uh, news or business publications or whatever. And I was just, I used to rank in the top 100 business podcasts and I don't anymore. And I went back and looked who does. And a lot of them are people who have shows on NPR or they have shows, you know, they're a, a business celebrity or they've had, you know, several best-selling business books. So what's happened to podcasting is, is that a lot of brands and a lot of celebrities have moved in and just because of their reach, they're taking over the rankings. However, there's still a lot of shows like mine that, you know, I'm not showing up in the top hundred, but I'm getting more and more and more listeners. So there's also sort of this undercurrent of, you know, you're not the top ranked show anymore, but you're, you have a lot of influence with the people who listen to you. Yeah, more people are, at the same time, more people are starting podcasts, which does bring on more competition. More people are just starting to listen now. Right. I mean, even I only started listening to podcasts in recent years. So, and I know friends that are, because of what I've done, they're, oh, wow, there's all these, you don't even a lot of people don't even realize it. So I think that while the competition is harder, there's definitely an opportunity as more people get on board. And then smart speakers become a thing. That's just starting to grow. And that's, hey. people have adapted that really quickly. Right. So I think that's going to be a huge opportunity uh, for shows. So I think it's true because now you can just stand in your kitchen and say, hey, Alexis, play cool things entrepreneurs do. And, you know, hey, Echo, put cool things entrepreneurs do or put on the newsworthy. And all of a sudden, while you're cooking dinner, the podcast can start playing. Uh, I listened to while I made dinner for my family last night. I listened to a webinar that a PR firm did because I was just interested in the topic. And my wife is like, what are you doing? I'm like chopping vegetables and grilling a steak. But I just had my iPhone with the speaker on. I don't have an Alexis or an Echo, but but I was just listening to it like that. And so I realized that that's a way, if you like to consume this type of stuff, smart speakers put it into your kitchen. It puts it in there. Of course, what's going on with Google Play and cars and Apple Play and cars uh, is going to bring more and more. I think they now said that 26% of the U.S. population has or occasionally listens to podcasts. So there's still a lot of people who are headed to this medium. Yes. And I think it's really exciting. I mean, so the statistics show that more and more people are listening to podcasts, but we're also, time is our commodity, right? We're do, we all have to do so much. And so now I think with smartphones and smart speakers and putting it in cars, as you've said, it's just starting out. And I think with smart speakers, I'm excited because one of the stats that they gave it at the National Association of Broadcasters was that right now for smart speakers, people do want something quick while they're maybe getting coffee in the kitchen or something. So something less than 15 minutes. So I do think as a news show, I'm very excited to see what happens with smart speakers. And I'm working on making sure that I'm smoothly on all of those platforms. But 
there, the technology has some catching up to do also, because if you ask it sometimes for news, it goes to certain things. So it gets confused with my name a little bit. So that's something I'm working on right now to make sure it goes a lot smoother and people can find my show on all those platforms. But I do think it's important for all of us as entrepreneurs to think about how we're going to be using that as voice gets more and more popular. So explain really quick sort of the format of the Newsworthy. Sure. So it's all the day's news in less than 10 minutes. I call it fast, fair, and fun. So it's fast, it's less than 10 minutes, it's fair and unbiased, which is a big thing that I hear from people that they appreciate. My wife, I told you, my wife goes crazy for it because she doesn't have to have the I love Trump or I hate Trump or, you know, whatever. It's just this is what he did. Exactly. And I will say, you know, critics are saying this, supporters are saying that. And I think the key that people notice about what I do is my tone of voice doesn't change. You know, a lot of news stations may say both sides, but you feel that kind of tone in their voice that you can tell which way they're leaning. (laughs) I really am conscious about giving it straight no matter what I'm saying. And I've noticed in the news that even when they're not trying to be that way, uh, just using, you know, we'll use the president as an example just because everybody seems to have an opinion. Some reporters just seem so angry when they report about him, even if they're reporting something great that happened, you know, they're just so angry. And yet we there have been surveys that if you come off as angry, people don't like you and don't credit what you're saying. So I'm like, no, quit being angry because you're turning you're pushing the middle away. You know, you you don't want people to go there. Don't be angry because we want people to listen to you. So it's like even people I I support as reporters, it's like, stop being angry. (laughs) Well, that brings me to the last thing, which is fun. I try to make sure that it's upbeat and it's lighthearted. Yes, I talk about some serious news, especially at the beginning. I'll tell you what politics is going on. You know, maybe there's four political stories in there. But by the end, even halfway through, I'm also talking about a health Thing that came through or that Amazon's changing their delivery service or that there's an award show on tonight because all of these things do affect our lives. We want to know what's going on. We want to know what our friends are going to be talking about. And so I think a combination of having an upbeat personality as much as I can with the news, plus giving you a wide range of stories so it's not just Trump all the time, makes people walk away saying, okay, I feel informed and I have a good energy for the whole day. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's awesome. So what advice do you have for somebody who, who has their ladder against the wrong wall and they want to start their own thing? Maybe they want to start a podcast for their industry like you did. What advice do you have? I think one, know, do the research so you know what your priorities are. I think what I came across with entrepreneurship is it can get, it can be easy to say, oh, this is going on over here and this is going on over there. And then you kind of get lost about, okay, what are the main priorities? I need to grow my audience. I need to do this and do that. So uh, so kind of do the research going into it, knowing what your priorities are, and then try to stay focused at the same time of being open to those unexpected opportunities that are going to help your ultimate goals. One of the things that happens, I think, you know, as I, I reach that eight-month mark is I'm starting to get opportunities and now I'm, I'm saying, okay, I have to actually decide which ones are worth my time and not. And that's a little bit of a muscle because I want to say yes to everything, but then you're just going to get burnt out. So that's something I'm kind of dealing with right now is saying, okay, I'm going to work that no muscle. And that goes back to being focused about what are your priorities and what opportunities that come your way and that you're going to create are going to help move that ultimate goal forward. That's, that's awesome. So 
a lot of, and you're still new to this, but a lot of uh, the stuff I talk about when I work with companies or I speak at a conference is I talk about something I call the paradox of potential because we get so excited at potential. You, you left your news job to start to start a podcast. There's potential there. Uh, maybe not according to the boss that you left, but to other people, you know, there's there's potential there. And yet some people have a lot of potential and they never have the results. They don't see the results that you're having over a short or even a long period of time. So what do you think it is that that separates people who get farther across that gap between potential and results and those who never achieve? What do, what do you think that is? I think that's a great point. And I do think that we have to be patient. I even, even with some really high highs and some successes, there's a lot about it that I get frustrated about because I want to be even, even further. I want, you know, I thought I would see X results. So I think I even have to tell myself and I would tell as advice, you do have to be patient and things aren't going to happen overnight and really coming up with specific action to get specific results. And the more I do it, the more I know what those results will be for different action. That's what's going to move you forward. But again, it goes back to being patient and persevering. And even in those moments, because I'm sure everybody's had moments of, oh, man, did I make a mistake going? No, I'm just going to keep moving forward. And then in a day or two later, you have a win and you're like, oh, yeah, good thing I stayed with it. (laughs) And sometimes it's not a day or two. Sometimes it's a couple of months. I I went through, you know, sort of a sales slump in my business and I thought, oh, my God, it's all over. You know, I I had these high highs and then for a couple of years and then one quarter was just like nothing. And I thought, oh, you know, the, the business has changed. I suck, you know, all this different stuff. And you just got to put that aside, have a great attitude, keep going out, doing good work, serving people the right way and, you know, and, and trying. And, you know, eventually sometimes the persistence and the patience is really what matters, but sometimes it can be months. Yeah. And I think for me, I've learned that sometimes I have to take the pressure off. I put so much pressure on myself sometimes that I, I kind of get lost in that world and I'm not seeing some of the really positive things that have happened. And so when I take a step back and I take the pressure off and give myself a day to chill out, I can say, okay, actually I've done a lot in eight months or whatever, and I'm only going forward from here. And one of the things that I heard on a, another, a business podcast once was as long as you're growing, as long as you feel like something is moving in the right direction, even if it's really incremental, then something's working. So that's kind of the difference of when should you quit and when should you keep going if, if, you either hate something or if it's really you're no matter what you do, nothing is moving the needle forward or you're not getting any satisfaction out of it, then that's kind of the, okay, maybe I should try something different. But I think as long as I'm growing, I'm going to keep moving forward um, and, and see where this goes no, as I, long as I'm happy too. Right. Absolutely. Well, I think that I, I, I think that you're going to get far beyond that gap between potential and results. I have I have big I have big hopes for the newsworthy where I can say, oh, yeah, she was on cool things entrepreneurs do. And they're like, how did you get her on the show? I'll be like, oh, we're old friends. Yeah, I knew her before she was famous. So, you know, uh, but I got more questions for you. But before before I get to those, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right training, equipment, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. 
Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Eric and Mandy. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, that's what we're talking about here. Jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Erica, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's the coolest thing you're doing with your business right now? So I think by the time this comes out, I will have launched a new partnership with um, a couple other podcasters for an email version of my podcast. And the, the reason I do this is it I want it to be a daily reminder to stay informed and get the news, but also on those days that maybe you can't listen, you can also skim this email and it's a way to collaborate with other podcasters so I can reach more of their audience and I can bring over my audience as well. And because I think, you know, collaborations are huge for growth. And when you kind of are tired of the incremental growth, you have to think about who can I partner with to reach their audience and have a bigger uh, you know, spike of, of listenership. And so doing this email version and kind of splitting that with them is one of the ways. The other thing we already talked about a little bit is smart speakers. I am working on the Alexa skill. I just got on Google Home. There are some issues with it in terms, they read the whole title that's in iTunes. And so I'm working to uh, make that a little bit smoother. But I'm really excited what's going to happen with that. I mean, Google's coming out with their uh, smart display as well. So I see in the future, maybe doing a video version. So I'm really excited about expanding because I think ultimately it's about the newsworthy brand. And then I want to be everywhere where people might want to get their news. Right. So that's I'm starting that process. That's awesome. And one of the things you've started doing, and we touched on this a little earlier, is you've started speaking at different groups. And I actually think that, uh, I think you're very good at it. I think you're a natural. And I think that people should have you come on and talk. And both you have this thing of being able to walk away and start your own thing. But also, I think you have a, a unique perspective about how news fits into our life. And I think that could be interesting to a lot of companies and a lot of associations. So how are you enjoying the, 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 the sort of entree into speaking? Yes. And I've told you this before, but I so appreciate at, at one of the events that we, when, where, where we met, you were very nice about talking to me about that because obviously you have a ton of experience as a speaker. And, and while I've had a ton of experience talking with a camera, I'm just now really getting opportunities to get on stage and talk in a new way. And so those opportunities have been really cool. They stretch me in a different way. But at the same time, I'm using a lot of the same skills that I do have. So it's been really fun to try out different types of speaking. You know, I've talked about podcasting and then I've also moderated events and, and panels and that sort of thing. So it's about finding what types of events I want to do and then really opening myself up to that uh, and doing it more and more. So I appreciate your advice on that. And I, I'm excited about doing more because I think it's good exposure for myself, but it's also another revenue stream and uh, a way to meet new people. And, and as we talked about, get out in front of people and, talk, and meet people in person instead of being stuck behind the computer screen all the time. Right. Well, no, and, and I see a lot of people who want to be speakers or who call themselves speakers. You had a real natural talent for it for somebody who hadn't done very many. And so uh, there's another place I predict big things for Erica. So we could talk about Erica and the, the newsworthy all day long. However, 
I think great entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. And of course, because you're a reporter, you are an observer. So when you look into the, the entrepreneur sphere, the pool of entrepreneurs, who do you say, that person, they're doing cool stuff? I love when people get creative and try new things to really make the whole industry better. So one of the, the people I was just talking to was uh, over at Radio Public. They are a podcasting app. And one of the things that they're trying to do is paid listens. So instead of just relying on sponsors, they are saying, okay, if you can get some of your audience to download our app and listen off our app, we're going to pay you. Uh, just And that's it. All you have to do, I took two minutes to sign up. And then now, you, because, and I haven't even told that many people about it, but some people listening on it, they send me some money every month just for the people that have downloaded the app and listened to my show with their app. And I just love that idea of how can we all support each other? How can I incentivize other people? And how can I be different than the next guy so that I stand out? And so I I think that's really cool. I think I am excited about smart speakers. And so I'm looking at how other people are doing that. And people have created Alexa skills and are trying to experiment with that. So I'm looking at big brands as well as smaller entrepreneurs about what they're doing with the smart speakers and trying to figure out what's going to work for me. So I think there's any time you can kind of do something different, it's, that's exciting. Actually, some of the other entrepreneurs at New Media Summit when we were there told me about these new social media platforms called Hear Me Out, which I haven't started yet, but it's an audio basically an audio version of Twitter. You have a news feed, but then it's all audio clips. So that's interesting. So I'm paying attention to how they're using that. There's also another one that just launched called Doppel, where you answer via video questions from your listeners or whoever's following you. So there's always these new things popping up and it's observing and then seeing, okay, what am I going to put my time toward to, to be part of that? But I think it's really cool to see how people are getting creative with voice and, and all that because that affects our industry. Absolutely. So the last question I ask everybody is I, I think entrepreneurs, we, we, we've got to do more than make money. We have to find a way to, to, to make an impact, serve the greater good, if you will. So what do you do? Sure. So every time I've moved around to different cities, I've, I've tried out some different types of volunteering. So when I was in Columbia, Missouri, I taught a, uh, a free dance class because I grew up dancing. So I uh, did that through the city of Columbia, Missouri. When I went to Portland, Oregon, I found this really great organization called Minds Matter. And what they do is they take high ambition kids who come from low income families and they pair them with a mentor throughout college. They send them off on these um, uh, uh, semesters abroad or summers abroad because they a lot of these kids had never even left the state. And so all of a sudden now they can go across the world and experience, experience what it's like. They also send them to different colleges. So anyway, I was a mentor for that program for the same high school kid for three years. She's now in college and planning to go to grad school. And so that's really cool. When I moved to LA, it's a little bit harder for me to find one place to volunteer all the time because it's so spread out. I have such a crazy schedule, especially now as an entrepreneur, I never know. So I try to do more volunteering here and there when I can with different organizations when um, I have the opportunity. I am also part of a program called 50 Women Can Change the World in Media and Entertainment, which is put on by a nonprofit called Take the Lead Women. And the idea is we as women can come together and make sure that 
we're helping women's voices be heard in our industry of media and entertainment because what we put out as media is what society sees as the norm. And so if there's not enough women in that space, then they society doesn't think that it's normal to see women doing things. So uh, I'm part of that program. It's really just about us supporting each other, um, making sure that, that women's voices are heard. And so that's really exciting. And then I'm really excited to hire an intern and mentor a couple of, of uh, women in, in news and give them opportunities through what I'm doing with my business. Oh, that, that's awesome. Well, as the father of two daughters, I applaud you for that, that last part there. I think that is, that is totally what we need to do is, is show that there are no limits. And I think that's awesome. Well, Erica, thank you so much for being a guest here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. If somebody listened to this and they're like, oh my God, this is, I got to start subscribing to the Newsworthy. I got to learn more about Erica. How do they find you? Yes. And thank you so much for having me on this show because this has been a really fun conversation. You are fabulous at uh, the whole interviewing thing. And people can find me at thenewsworthy.com. And then you can see how you can listen. Obviously, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can also just search The Newsworthy. Oh, that is so awesome. We'll do it, everybody. I'm a big fan of this podcast. I think it's got legs. It's going to go places. So jump over and check out what she does every day. In 10 minutes or less, you'll know everything you need to know that's going on in the world. Hey, and I say it every show, for those of you who listened, thank you for tuning in because without an audience, why would we have the show? So if you like the show, jump over to iTunes and subscribe. Leave one of those reviews. You can do it anywhere you get your podcasts, but uh, iTunes is the big one. Go and leave me a review if you're an iTunes user about why you like the show. Maybe you liked the episode with Erica more than others. Put that in there. Let us know. And uh, if you want to find more information about me, you can find it at TomSinger.com. Uh, there's a Facebook page, Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Uh, on Twitter, at Cool Podcast, and then also at Tom Singer. And then if you want to join the group coaching program, the Potential Mastermind Project. You can find all the information about that at PotentialMastermind.com. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Erica. I know you're thinking, how? How will you ever find somebody? But I always do. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm going to challenge you. Go on out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.